businesses have mission statements. Quite often, if you go to that business, um, I'll take Whole Foods, for example. I used to work there, and their mission statement is written up on the wall. Um, I don't know if it's still true now that it's owned by Amazon, but it still has a set of mission statements. And we hold the organization uh, accountable to live in line with its values. Why don't we have a mission statement as individuals? My invitation is for all of us to have a, a set of core values, a set of a mission statement describing the kind of person we want to be, the kind of values we want to live by, and cross-reference it with how we live our lives to see if there are any incongruency. Uh, I think it's important to remember that to go be, you know, as Rumi said, to go beyond right and wrong, there's a field. Let's meet there. So the invitation isn't for all of us to agree on those core values. We may have different values. And it's not about pointing at other people and going, you're not living in line with your values. It's to look within and go, am I living in line with mine? The first principle of Buddhist boot camp is that the opposite of what you know is also true. To somebody else, somewhere else, because of their time, place, and circumstances. In fact, the opposite of what you believe is true now may be different from what you believe was true a few years ago. And so it's important for us to reevaluate and to check and to see, are we living in line with our values? Because I, I don't care what you believe. Your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. So it's all about behavior modification to live in line with our values. For example, if you were a spokesperson against animal cruelty, if you showed up at a, at a rally wearing fur, there is a problem. <laughs> Nothing wrong with fur, necessarily, unless you believe there is, but there's something incongruent about showing up at that event and wearing that. Does that make sense? And so it's, it's not about labeling something as right, wrong, good, or bad. It's about and, and telling other people how, what they should do. You know, if you studied NBC, nonviolent communication, you know the word should is one of the most hostile words in our language. And we're constantly shooting all of our other people, we're shooting all of ourselves. It's, it's hostile, and it, it's, it's important to remember that there isn't a universal truth. You know, what you believe is true, you'd like to think, conveniently enough, that it ought to be universal, that everyone should agree with you, and live in line with your values. And I'll go even a step further and suggest that our values may be similar, but they may not be similarly uh, prioritized. So it's something that is really, really important to you. You're spending most of your, your time committed to it and working towards it, whatever that may be. And that may be important to me, but I may not spend as much time with it right now at this stage of my life. That's not as high of a priority. And that may be my value, and that may be yours, but, you know, I'll, Let's say truth and honesty and kindness is a priority for you. That's a value that you hold, a core value you want to live in line with. Uh, you have respect for human life and all of that. Well, let's go back to Nazi Germany. You have somebody knocking on your door saying, are you hiding any Jews in your basement? Well, you're committed to honesty and truth, but you're also committed to saving human life. So what do you do? And so our priority of our core values is different, and we may forego one for the other. And there's no right or wrong. The invitation, you know, Gandhi described happiness 
when what you think, what you say, and what you do are all in alignment. They're all in harmony. And so, all of Buddhism can be really con- like condensed into pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And that's tricky. Because pain, the pain of uh, growing old, of getting sick, of dying, people around you passing away, that's inevitable. But suffering is pain plus resistance. So, you know, if, if the first the truth of Buddhism is that life is suffering, keep reading, because it goes on to say that there's a way out of that suffering. And if suffering is optional, then the question comes, like, why do we opt to suffer? And then the invitation is for us to look and go, how am I creating my own suffering? And if Gandhi is right, that happiness is when what we think, what we say, and what we do all in harmony, then we cause a lot of our internal conflict, a lot of our dis-ease, when we resist change, when we resist the, everything that's happening. So when, we, when we're white-knuckling our way through life, I mean, our bodies tell us when there's tension, whether it be in our fist or in our jaw, in our belly, we all experience that resistance somewhere. That resistance is what causes problems. As I often say, the problem isn't annoying people or frustrating situations. Is that you keep getting annoyed and frustrated. <laughs> and that's actually empowering because that's something you can do something about. You can't fix or control other people and get everyone in the world to live in line with what you think is right. Good luck trying. But what you can do is find peace with the diversity. Does that mean I And reminding yourself that the opposite of what you know is true is also true to somebody else, someone else, because of their time, place, and circumstance. And so we ease our grip, we step beyond that field of right and wrong into complete non-judgment. And we don't see it as right or wrong, or good or bad. And quite often, we try to prove people wrong to feel superior by making others inferior. An autobiography of a yogi is called Feeling Tall by Cutting Off the Heads of Other Men. And surely there's a healthier way for us to feel confident about our own values, our own beliefs, and to live in line with them. Because trust me, there's plenty of work to do internally before we try to fix other people. (laughs) Plenty. So, the invitation is to look within. Uh, This was called, We Are Busy by Choice. And it started with a conversation I had with my sister where she was complaining, she was saying, oh, I have to pick up my daughter from gymnastics, I have to take my son to soccer practice, I have to cook dinner for my husband and um, clean up because everyone is coming over for Shabbat dinner. And, and she's like, I just, I have to, and I haven't even had a chance to take a shower yet. And I said, stop. Are you not describing the life you've always wanted? With the kids, with the soccer from your husband, and Shabbat dinner, and she goes, yeah. I'm like, you're missing out on it by complaining about it so much. And... I think a lot of it is in our language when we say, I have to. I have to do this. That's another way of saying, for me, I'm a victim. You don't have to. Change that language. I choose to. That feels very participatory, if that makes sense. It feels like I choose to do this. I choose to go to work tomorrow. I don't have to. I choose to. Well, why do I choose that? Because people come argue with me. Like, I don't have to go to work. I have to pay the mortgage, so I have to go to work. You know, and like, well, you choose to pay the mortgage on that house. Ask yourself why. And the invitation is to ask, why am I choosing what I'm choosing? And it may have made sense 
10, 15, 20 years ago, it may not make sense today. It's important to reevaluate, ask ourselves that question, is the reason I did this 15 years ago still applicable today? And go and say, I choose to do this. That opens the door to feeling empowered until you get to a point where you can say, I get to. Not I have to, not I choose to, I get to. I get to pay the electric bill this month. How <laughs> blessed am I that I can flip a switch and there's light. I get to do that. How fortunate am I? As opposed to I have to, which is very poor and neat, right? We identify as victims so many times without even realizing it. Every time you say, I can't help the way I feel, or worse yet, you make me feel, and you make it somebody else's fault for how you feel. Nobody else's. It's our choice. Like, you can say something offensive to me, but I can choose not to be offended. This is very empowering. And that's the invitation, is to look within and go, how am I creating my own suffering? Because by finding the answer to that question, you also find the answer how you can relieve yourself of that suffering. That's the invitation. To live in line with our values, to avoid any incongruency to avoid any conflict, any dis-ease within, because then the war is within us, and we try to blame other people. It's nobody else's fault. It's ours. And that's very liberating. When we make it somebody else's fault, we also make it their responsibility to fix the situation. It's not up to them, it's up to us. And I find it really, in part of it, uh, one of my teachers said, there are no enlightened beings there's only mind activity. And I thought, that's cool. You know, the people we perceive as enlightened, whether it be the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Jesus, they were, according to him, they're not, they weren't enlightened beings. This is just, they, they just made enlightened activity a part of their daily lives. Well, shoot, we can do that. You know, it's because, and what is enlightened activity? It's that, that paragraph. You're going to go home and write, describing your core values, living in line with them, is in line. You're not just talking about kindness, but being kind. You're not just talking about generosity, but being generous. said your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. So that's the invitation. And to stop complaining. <laughs> you know, we are busy by choice. Celebrate. And some of us choose that over the alternative, because the alternative is what else are we going to be doing with that time? And quite often, we might have to face some of those quote-unquote internal demons. I remember I lived in Hawaii for a long time and I was a beach volleyball player. And at one point I decided to stop playing volleyball. And my dad's like, why? Why, why are you going to give that up? He's like, I've been watching you live your whole life. You gave up the corporate world. You gave up the money. You gave up the full-time job. But why volleyball? What is wrong with volleyball? <laughs> And I said, there's nothing wrong with volleyball. But what would I be doing with my time if I wasn't playing volleyball? Or watching Netflix? Or going on YouTube? Or insert your poison of choice. <laughs> <laughs> what are your values and are you living in line with them? That's the question. And how can you alleviate some of your own suffering by living a congruent life? Uh, I was invited here to speak today and as a, as a reminder almost that we are responsible, that we are empowered. And I invite you to, to get in touch 